You're listening to the iRacers Lounge Podcast, where we discuss everything iRacing in a casual setting. Enjoy. Welcome to the iRacers Lounge. I'm your host, Mike Ellis. iRacers Lounge is a podcast for the iRacer, where we talk all things iRacing in a casual setting. Joining me are the usual characters, Chris Scales. Hey, Mike. And Will Gibson. Hey, what's up, guys? Hey, and that's it. Short turnout tonight, but that's okay. Uh, a lot of people have, you know, personal live stuff, and it's hard to get everybody to join up and once a week uh, for a recording. But uh, thanks for coming. Let's jump right into it. Uh, we're going to call this one the uh, mullet episode, business in the front, party in the back. And uh, we're going to change the format up a little bit. So with that, we're going to jump right into iRacing news. Will, you're up first. Yeah, so this is a pretty cool story here. Uh, another iRacer is getting a shot in a real-life car on dirt. Um, Anthony Lopresto is going to get a shot to drive a Focus Midget in Washington at Saget Speedway during the nor- Northwest Focus Midget 2018 Dirt Cup Finals. Um, an article came out on Hills- Hillsdale.com. It covers him, his family experience in racing, along with how the deal came together. And it's a really good read, really worth taking a look at. Um, the link can be found on our show notes, but it's a really cool story. Another iRacer is getting a shot in a real life car because of the experience they've gotten in iRacing. Um, I know I've raced with Anthony a couple times and he's, uh, really fast, really fast. So I hope he does good. Yeah. He's one of those, uh, dirt ringers, right? Yeah. I've done a few non-wing races with him. In fact, one time he shared a setup with, uh, everybody in the lobby and it was much quicker than anything I was working with. And qualified like two tenths quicker than i've ever qualified went out in the race but it didn't have enough fuel to make it to the end and that was my bad for not checking um but yeah he's really really fast on dirt um i i wish him the best of luck oh yeah yeah absolutely i hope he does well every time one of these guys steps out and does this real life stuff you always want him to do you want him to go out and just beat the heck out of everybody and end up having this super awesome career because you want to have proof that, you know, those skills transfer over. Yeah. There's an article on the local newspaper in the sports section. It's uh, hillsdale.net. So check that out. Uh, next topic, uh, William Byron sat down to talk iRacing on uh, Fox Sports 1 and uh, they put together a video and put it out there and... Uh, on foxsports.com and I did take a, a, a moment and watch the video earlier this week and uh, very interesting I would say at least a third uh, well three quarters of the video was dedicated to the discussion of eye racing and then it talked a little bit more about his racing and where he stands right now kind of thing but basically Regan Smith is there doing a one-on-one interview with William and uh, they covered a lot of different topics some of the quotes were I did not grow up racing in go-karts. iRacing is more of a simulator. It's not so much a game. It's a tool, kind of like a flight simulator. And the fear factor and smell is not there, but everything else is. Uh, He also talked about how the real car is kind of an easier to deal with in tight and loose conditions because you have more senses to work with. So basically saying iRacing is almost as hard, you know, harder than the real thing. Uh, splice that in with quotes from Steve Myers, the vice president of iRacing, is also on the video uh, delivering a couple, you know, key quotes, I guess, uh, basically saying, 
yeah, it's not a game, it's a simulator, you know, or something like that. Yeah, it was really cool. He had he's always had good comments about iRacing and um he used iRacing as a tool really before anybody else that I could think of and really kind of made light of it. So many people at that level have all gone through go-karting, midgets, whatever it may be, different levels of motorsports. He was the first guy to really take an unconventional route and within 5 years He's now driving the 24 car on the cup level. So it shows you got to make the most of it. And I feel like he works hard. He takes the most or gets the most out of the simulator. And that's what's possible. Yeah. And it's, it's just one of the tools he uses, you know, I think. And he seems like uh, he's one of the, the harder working guys out there. So he's going to take every advantage he can. And any spare time he has or he's not racing something other than um, a stock car, why not be on? I racing, racing up. Now, now, part of the video is uh, he sits down in a triple screen uh, rig to run with Regan Smith as well at Pocono. There's two dual rigs set up here. If you uh, pause it at one minute forty nine seconds, you get a good shot of it. But they're sim seat rigs, which are nice stationary rigs. We've talked about these before. This is a great picture of them. And man, what a nice looking rig is the Sim Seats rig. I mean, it, it the keyboard's off to the left, you got hanging pedals, you got the wheel right up in your face, the, the triples have great, you know, field of view and they're at the right, you know, angles and everything. I mean, it looks really nice. So pretty cool that they put them in the Sims and so they were talking a little bit about they're both on the track at Pocono. And they were talking about shifting uh, at Pocono, which is what we just went through when we were there at Pocono. And I found that interesting as well. And they were talking about that and uh, basically running each other on the track. It was kind of cool. Okay, so that was cool. Uh, Mc, uh, McLaren is up next. Chris. Yeah, so this week, uh, it's like the 31st, the McLaren Shadow Qualifier started in the mp430 the current f1 car they run three times per day uh one ten and nineteen hundred gmt from july 31st till september 3rd are open to d license and above uh, more details can be found on their website um the the links will be in our show notes and also i think there's a tweet here i had pulled up um their twitter page is at mclaren shadow probably be a good follow it seems like they're keeping it up to date with all the um the yeah, news or for McLaren, this series right or mclaren.com is out you can find it on the website they got a list there of uh the qualifying details dates times and all that stuff on mclaren.com so you can check that out i found that link and sent it to our teammate who one of our teammates is actually running these cars i understand yeah he uh, jumped did, right on it how did he do Oh, I haven't caught up. I've been it's it's been a a weird week for me, and I've been. Yeah, I don't in recall. Yeah, chat. some he did okay, but I don't think he you know. Burned yeah, we uh, so much. That's the problem. I can't remember which race it was because he's had some good and he's had some bad this week. Yeah, I can't remember his race results, but I know we practiced together and we were pushing each other back and forth to pick our pace up, and we picked up almost I would say almost two seconds from where we started. But, uh, yeah, I didn't get to do any of those races, but his sounded like they were really a mixed bag being open to those D-class. Not every driver was fully up to uh, 
snuffing those cars. So, Will, tell us what a different, take just a moment and tell us what a different beast this car is compared to like the A car. I mean, because of the settings, because of the DRS, I mean, you found a point where he wasn't taking advantage of DRS. Once you got him to do that, that gains a bunch of time, right? Yeah, it's um, it's it's a completely different animal than the A car, but you still know it's an A class car. The same way, like when you're driving a cup car and you just stomp on the throttle, you could break that back end out. It takes a lot of throttle control. You get that with this car because there's so much power, and then you also have the batteries to manage with the ERS or energy recovery system. So not only are you driving a difficult car like the A car, you're now doing it in a more complex matter. There's a lot more to manage and work with, whether it be like knowing when to activate DRS, knowing how to read the lights on the dash, um, managing how your regen deploys is a big factor. So it's like driving an A car. You um, get to use paddle shifters. You don't have to use your H pattern. So that's a little more convenient. But outside of that, it's a more complex version of, I would say, an A car. A lot of speed, a lot of downforce, and not a lot of room for air. Yeah, so congratulations, uh, and good luck to Michael Morley, who's got the guts to actually try this. Um, I, I, I do commend you for that. Absolutely. I don't. That's a tough car, and I am not good at road racing, which we'll talk about when we talk about Watkins Glen. All right, I got next uh, topic is... Hey, it's time for community schedules for season four coming up soon. We need the community to submit their schedules by August 15th. And it's actually August 9th, I believe, on the roadside. Uh, Tyler Hudson is heading up the uh, ovals, and Alex Horn from iRacing is uh, heading up the roadside. And if you want to contribute, you need to get involved on the forums and these guys have been busy, these two iRacing employees. They've been posting this week probably about 50 times each or something, posting in every single forum that there is, asking the community for these schedules, putting out their email address. They're not accepting schedules from individuals. It needs to be a group effort that's documented on a forum. And so uh, if you want to be involved and dictate what's, you know, tracks are going to be run on your favorite cars. This is how you can help be part of that process. So go to find that forum that's your car or your track or your series and go into it and start working on the schedule with everybody there. And somebody has to take the, the final result and email it. Uh, so it's tyler.hudson at iracing.com or alex.horn. I think it's really cool they do this. Um, I really wish they would make the Slingin' Mud for Fun series, um, run the C-Truck at all the dirt tracks year-round rather than being lay malls and sprint cars, but there's really no forum post for that. <laughs> oh, yeah, same thing here. At the, um, kind of along uh, that line, I've always wanted to see a Carb Cup type series that runs the same uh, schedule as NIS and the A-Car. You know, so you had some place to go practice without risking. Right. That's a great yeah. idea. Yeah. I, I think it would get good participation. Maybe I'll shoot them an email after the show here. There you go. Well, I'm sure some of them are listening, so I hope so. Uh, all right, Will, what's next? So we got some insight into um, some iRacing numbers, uh, member numbers. Um, people are posting on the forums talking about 
uh, participation and how it's dropped over the summer. And Tony Gardner chimed in um, saying, uh, yes, participation in official series does slow down in summer months as the season moves moves along. Um, going to start paraphrasing here. Uh, there's a lot of unique factors such as um, the Steam Summer Sale. You'll see a spike in membership, but a lot of those don't really kind of stick around. Um, but as far as big picture goes, they've added over 13,000 new customers uh, in 2017 and over 4,000 new customers this year alone. So uh, it sounds like things are going good for iRacing. iRacing's growing. Um, so that's really good to see, even though we are taking a little hit as far as participation goes. With summer, I mean, you got kids are out of school, people are busy going on vacation. So I think that's something the podcast has seen in the past is it slows down during the summer. And uh, iRacing is affected by that as well. But as, overall as a whole, the sim looks like it's doing good. Yeah, our podcast uh, listening numbers are affected in the same manner and percentage, it sounds like. Uh, our listeners drop off, drop off in the summer and then they come back the rest of the year. It's the same kind of thing. Uh, when when you read that, that's what I was thinking. And the other neat number that, that he threw out there was that 13,000 in 2017. And right now he's at 4,000 and we're already in month number eight of the year. So that means he's going to do less than half of what he did last year. That's quite a dramatic decrease if you look at it that way. But you got to remember they did add dirt. They added GRC. I mean, it, they went crazy in 2017 with adding new content and really expanded the base in a huge jump. I, you know, it's hard to back that up a second year. You know what I mean? I was thinking I signed up uh, around my birthday, so a few weeks ago last year. Um, so I was one of those 13,000, and there was dirt. There was new stuff all the time. GRC, like you are saying, that's a good point. But from what I could tell this year as far as upgrades and updates go, this year seems less about the amount of content, but the quality of content with what we've seen with like the damage stuff coming up, data night transition, tire models. So it makes me feel happy as somebody who has signed up within the last year to not know, hey, I'm just going to get slammed with new stuff I have to buy all the time. But the stuff I do have and I have bought is getting updated and made better. Right. Yeah, that might be my bad, Mike. If the, with the the fall off in the summer, they might not come back this time. That might be me. But man, I think um, really iRacing and NASCAR are one really good, well publicized e series away from having a huge um, jump in in subscribers and viewers. That's Bingo. what I'm hoping for, anyway. That's what I've been waiting on. Yeah, it'll happen when it, just like you said, when that happens, it will happen. Yeah, I mean, as long as we're stag, you know, even if we're a little stagnant, as long as we're, I mean, it's always been, well, you know, I haven't been around that long, but I've always kind of heard of the cult of iRacing, right? It's never been a huge, huge amount of numbers, but really a good, dedicated fan base. And that's all you need. But hopefully one of these days, yeah, we'll get that good E series and just explode. Yeah, when you get the NASCAR base more involved in it and they have skin in the game and they're watching. Oh, yeah, it's going to be a lot different. All right, let's jump to the next topic. Uh, iRacing, we, we know, is on their 10-year anniversary uh, this month in August. Uh, so they announced today um, four series that will run through the month of August so celebrating iRacing's 10-year anniversary. And so starting August 7th through the 13th, they'll do the Solstice car. And then the next week, the Legends. And then the next week, the Skippy. 
in the final week, August 23rd through September 3rd, which I think is Labor Day, uh, the 10 years of the late model, as they call it. All races will be fixed and official, lasting 15 minutes and run every 30 minutes. And iRacing has also announced some prizes in these series. Anyone who competes in at least one race in each of the four series will be eligible for a random drawing for a prize of 10,000 iRacing credits. Wow. They're also going to give 100 iRacing credits to 10 drivers each week who compete in at least one throwback race. Yeah, it sounds like fun. This kind of sounds, I mean, if I'm getting this right, um, kind of like the uh, Week 13 Miatas that we, that uh, Mike and I ran the crap out of that week, just those quick, fun races. And this is, it seems like that, just quick, fun yeah. races. But every 30 minutes. Right. Yeah. So that means they're short. I hope the participation is good. I'm sure it will be with the money payout. These things, I mean, these sounds like they're going to be a ton of fun. I'll definitely give them a shot. So you only have to run four races to be eligible for all the credits that are out there. So once a week over the starting August 7th. And you're eligible for 100 credits if uh, just by racing the one race. And then you're eligible for the 10,000 credits by being involved as well. Yeah, it says there's going to be fixed and official. So I definitely don't think I'd want to be anywhere near an official race in those. It seems like that it was such a quick race, man. No, there was really a clarifying... Bad. I think I saw a clarifying post that said there was going to be official only. Oh, man. Yeah, I don't know. This, just that little quote says, all races will be fixed and official. That almost know, worries me about those series a little bit. But... uh it is what it is. I think some of them sound like they're going to be a lot of fun. If Just, you click the third link in that story, you'll see where Doug Hunt posted up. Correct, they're going to be official, fixed, 15-minute races going off every 30 minutes. I almost feel like if they're going to be official, open them up to people that have um, Class A license only. It's a 10-year anniversary. It doesn't take 10 years to get that A license. Um, I don't think we want newbies that signed up last week to kind of ruin those... Um, throwback or vintage races well but they're trying to give away credits and you don't want to exclude anybody either from that yeah i mean it just seems like a bad idea to make them official though because like i said i i love to run the the c fixed races but the problem is with their they're short and i mean they're still half an hour long but they're short enough that you know if you get killed in the first lap you can't make a recovery from it and you're going to get destroyed an sr and ir and these things are 15 minutes long i mean that's gonna be twice as bad as that i mean you you have a few bad races and you're losing licenses yeah it's, a, it's Sounds risky. fun otherwise yeah. i would run i would run these regardless just to, for the opportunity to try to win that 10k credit oh yeah i think just depending on how the first race goes it'll just be how many i run that that's which kind of sucks because I wish I could just... Well, you only have to run one to be eligible for the 10K. But if you run them each week, you're eligible for 100. Uh, now, remember, they're giving 100 iRacing credits to 10 drivers each week who compete in at least one race that week. Yeah, I'll definitely run my one a week for sure. But I wish I could run a lot more. I just don't know if my <laughs> I rating and safety rating will allow it if the yeah. first couple go bad. So that's actually a thousand credits a week for four weeks. So that's four thousand credits, and then the ten k prize. 
That's really right. cool. I thought that the um, just the one little drawing was kind of weak for a ten year anniversary. This is really this is something. It really steps it up a notch with this. Yeah, this is great. I love the promotion. I think the uh, prize is appropriate considering the situation. You know, it's just an anniversary, and I mean it's a big one. And you know, software companies the last ten years that's pretty significant. You know, especially a gaming software. Um, like this okay the final part of this tony gardner also announced any member who has an active account on august 26th the actual 10-year anniversary will receive a five dollar iRacing credit just for being an active member so that's cool too so everyone's going to get something no matter what even if you're not racing you're still active you're going to get at least five bucks so, yeah, that's that's great. They got something for everybody, and that's kind of, I like that part of it. I kind of agree with Will. Maybe it should be unofficial because everyone's going to be eligible, you know, and it's going to probably be a wreck fest. Yeah, and usually, I mean, you put real, uh, I don't know. Yeah, I hope it's not. All right, Chris, you're up next. And next we have a tweet from Christopher Bell at Seabell Racing. Uh, he says, headed into a tough weekend at Watkins Glen International for some road racing. I've been sure to do a lot of eye racing to prepare for the track since I've never been there. Going in, looking for fun, and aiming for a clean day Saturday. So, yeah, we know he's on eye racing all the time, and yeah, it sounds like he's been um, doing his practice on eye racing, which I think we just had the story a couple weeks about, about uh, I think it was Dale Jr. practicing testing jimmy johnson's car at road atlanta and he talked about what a how he went into that track and he saved half a day of testing because he was already so familiar with the track and i'm sure um hopefully christopher bell sees the same thing i'm sure he will where he already has you know that that leg up and he's not trying to play catch up when he unloads i mean you're talking about an endorsement i mean this kid christopher bell is the hottest thing in NASCAR right now. I mean, he's won the last three Xfinity races in a row. Okay, oh, yeah, he's a wheel man. I mean, and, and he's on fire. I mean, they're they're dying to put him in a Cup car, but they don't want to retire Denny Hamlin yet. You know, it's 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 insane with this kid. But uh, yeah, he's always been good with i racing. He's obviously involved with the midget uh, dirt car and and whatnot, and getting. Uh, the testing involved in the dirt cars and getting that up to speed. And now here he is using the iRacing, you know, to prepare for next week, you know, headed to Watkins Glen, got to learn the track, got to figure out the braking points. Uh, I'll be on my rig uh, doing iRacing. So. Yeah, I don't like, we'll see where his career goes, but from what I've seen so far out of him, he reminds me of Tony Stewart. I like, he, he feels like another Tony Stewart. And he's, he seems that talented. For and him to for him to get some of that credit to tie racing, you're right. It's a, a huge endorsement. He put that on a billboard someplace. We've always seen the dirt guys do good in NASCAR. You know, like you know, uh, Leffler was. Well, I, I guess he didn't do very good, but you know, Larson and then Stewart, as you said. All I right, think, Will. Oh yeah, I'll take this next one here. Um. So, yeah, we got uh, some news as far as changes to the 24 Hours of Le Mans. Um, Alexander Horn posted details on the forums. So the race is going to be the week of August 14th. Um, the race times are going to be uh, 
on the 18th, 7 GMT, or 0700 GMT, and then um, 1900 GMT on the 18th as well. Uh, qualifying is going to be built into the race session. You get 30-minute warm-up, dynamic weather, the time of day will be morning, and there's actually going to be a 100-incident limit. So I think that's the first 24-hour race that I know of that has an incident limit. Um, but these are all changes they're making based on uh, community requests. So cool to see them do that. And um, hopefully there's not a lot of drama around that incident limit. But I think it's cool that they have one now. Yep. And I don't know how much the time's changed. I haven't figured out that part. But they changed the time, basically. So. Um, and as far as, uh, you know, someone, one of our, somebody on the team pointed out that, Hey, this race occurs before the next build. So how are we waiting for day and night for this race to happen? Remember, doesn't this race run in June and they moved it to August for the potential that we could run day and night. Wasn't that what I remember? Yeah. I remember somebody posted, I think sometime either early this week or sometime last week saying like, Hey, this was our goal. We didn't make it. Sorry, but we're still working on it. Um, so I think the goal was to have it done or day to night done before this race. They um, obviously didn't make the mark. It happens. Um, we did get a lot of cool stuff today about what else they're working on. So I would say I'm more excited for that than day to night. But yeah, I think that was the goal. They didn't make it. They have acknowledged it. And now they're kind of adjusting everything accordingly. Soon, soon, soon. Yeah, that's, you know, that's how it goes. But Day Night's a big, big project, and I think we almost have to expect that it's going to be delayed, you know? All right, Chris, what's next? Uh, Yeah, next we have the Ben Motorsports Park has been scanned. But uh, actually, Mike, I'm not able to get back to the the first page of this forum post. I can't really see the the details, just kind of the conversation surrounding the, the track. Yeah, so... What it is is a guy in Australia, uh, Brock Kremer, po- uh, posted up on the forums that the Ben Motorsports Park has been scanned. There was a post on Facebook with a picture of a laser scanning crew out on the front stretch uh, with scanning equipment. Um, but it's not iRacing. And so that's the question. What is it then? Who is it? Is it a different title? Uh, some people were speculating maybe it's Forza. I didn't know that other titles scan tracks. So what do you guys think of this? Um, I think there's a lot of community or a lot of people in the Australia community that wants more tracks scanned, whether it be like their ovals, dirt, asphalt, and it's, especially their road courses. Um, I think it's possible it could still be iRacing. Um, I feel like if I were to build a new track, I would want it on the iRacing service and I would do what I can to help help them out i think logistically it makes more sense for them to go there and rent equipment than it would be to move all their equipment to australia so it's not the van we're used to seeing i mean it could be another sim but i would say like i wouldn't count out the fact that it could be iRacing or they could be hiring a third party yeah they could be hiring so you know a crew that lives there to go out there and just get the data for them but who knows? I kind of hope it's not another sim. I hope it's a game like Forza because I don't want a, another sim to be out there scanning tracks like iRacing does. <laughs> I don't want them to so, lose that advantage. Yeah, one guy posted in the forum. He said, iRacing does not do mobile scanning. It's not accurate enough. They set up a scanner on a tripod and move it every 100 feet. And he 
he's referring to the picture on the Facebook page. It shows scanning equipment on top of a car that's rolling down pit road, uh, so to speak. And so he's saying it can't be iRacing because the way they're scanning it is different than the way iRacing normally does it. Uh. So who knows? I mean, it's just a picture, so it's just speculation. I haven't seen anybody official post up on that page, but, uh, all right, let's keep going. Next up is me. I got, uh, a backstory about Reddit. Uh, an iRacing member went on Reddit to ask if iRacing bans people for filing for a chargeback on the credit card. According to him on Reddit, the day after he started his one-month subscription, he received a 30-day ban due to intentional wrecking. Uh, There was a forum post, and Nim Cross, um, who's our chief steward, uh, actually posted about the incident in the forum. According to Nimber, the member in question felt because he paid money for the service, he should be able to do whatever he wants. Nim also stated, even though respectful, he stood his ground but showed no understanding. And so questions are, do you think Nim should actually have posted this? I mean, is it supposed to be a private conversation when you get banned or not? I mean, we kind of had this discussion when they did the Scott Speed thing, when it, that all went very public, you know. Uh, I don't know. I I think um, I saw the Reddit post before I even saw Nim's post. And the, my first thought was, how big of an idiot do you have to be to get banned on day one for 30 days? I know, like, the first time I hopped on iRacing, I did a practice, couldn't control the car, did some more practice, got better, got better, was super nervous for my first race, went out there, just did my best to stay out of the way, um, and then as I picked up pace, I got more aggressive, and then eventually I learned how the safety rating and IR system worked, and then I took it even more seriously, um, so it's like, who signs up for a sim, hops out day one, and just destroys people, almost like this guy had been going backwards on the track, um, I yeah, think probably like, was. <laughs> yeah, I think this was a good post by Nim. I think he probably sees a lot of frivolous stuff. And then there's these big incidents like this. And the guy made it public like, hey, I got banned. Like He wasn't like, hey, they banned me for no reason. I, I think it was a good post. It didn't call anybody out by name. It um, showed kind of how the back end of the system works. Um, personally, I have been protested. Nim sent me a warning. Um, guy threw a dirty side job on me. In a race, under caution, I went up and kind of gave his bumper a shot. I wasn't trying to wreck him, wasn't trying to wreck anybody else, just let him know my displeasure. Um, I would say it was bad on my part. I had no intention of wrecking anybody. It was just a quick slap on a wrist. Hey, don't do that again. I replied. I have no clue if he even got my reply. Just saying, hey, my bad. I understand. Was, I messed up. And everything kept going on. Um, I think the system does work as intended most of the time. So I think it's cool he posted it. Yeah, I actually would like to see more of this. Um, so I've been I've been protested once that I know of and got a warning, and that was for I just flat out uh, wrecked a guy. I didn't even do a good job of it. I wrecked myself too. But uh, it was you know early on the sim. I got just like I should have. I got a warning, and now I know better. Uh, but um, I have protested. I think just one other person, but I don't think I ever heard back anything on that. I kind of wish I would have, whether even even if they said, you know, well, we at least we took a, you bothered to take a time to send this replay to us, and we took a look at it, and this is what we think. 
But um, maybe every single protest that gets filed goes on to like some kind of forum post someplace, and every response goes right there with it. And then that way, maybe it'll cut down on some of that frivolous stuff. You know, if somebody doesn't Public want their shame. dirty laundry. Yeah, so you don't want your, you know, if you're just, it's just some stupid crybaby thing, you don't want that out in front of everybody. I mean, maybe not, don't make it to where people can actually post on it, obviously. We don't want it's that like, kind of hate out there, but just to just put it out there you know, as a public list, something that everybody can see. It's like you get a DUI, they put your picture in the paper or something. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, and if, if, if it's a, you won't file the frivolous stuff, you'll only file it if somebody's really wronged you. But yeah, that's the what, only thing. I think I've only done, I've really only filed it once, and that's because somebody was, you know, really went above and beyond, and then I never heard anything back, and that kind of sucks. Yeah, and so it's what's funny when you read the original poster's uh, Reddit post, uh, he goes on to say, you know, we'll see what the law says on this one. There's a reason why the Bureau of Consumer Protection laws exist. And what it boils down is consumers that can buy a product or a service like this, they can do whatever they want with it as long as it remains legal. Last time I checked, there's nothing illegal about wrecking on a racing simulator. And so his take on it is he paid for a service and he's not getting it. And so that's his problem. Uh, he, <laughs> he and he's not like, doing anything illegal, so you know why shouldn't he get his service? That guy sounds like a total D-bag anyway. Yeah, total yeah, There's a term of service, yeah. so you agree to that terms of service, and you violate it, so see ya. All right, other questions uh, for this article. Do you think the protest system is working as intended, uh, and do you think at live admins can be a viable option? I think live admins, no way. There's not enough people to do it. I think the only way to have a live admin is to um, have somebody sign up to do it as a volunteer in the community. I guarantee you there's people out there who have been um, at their local dirt track or local short track that have done this, um, how to make tough decision calls. I think there's enough people out there that would volunteer to do it that could just do it on their own time. And at that point, just send them a report like, hey, I was watching this race. I noticed this guy was cussing like crazy on the radio. This guy was doing this. And at that point, Nim could take it from there. I think I don't know. there's um there's potential so much bias these days, you know. That would be the hard part. That's um it had to be a small community of guys that were uh, well respected or trusted in the community. For I mean, sure. we kind of talked about this last week of when we were talking league racing a little bit, and that's one of the reasons I run official is there isn't an admin, okay? That they don't have a bias of call. I'm not going to get a black flag because. I wrecked the admin's brother or his buddy, you know, and that kind of thing. And so, I don't know. So I, I'm kind of hesitant about the live uh, live admin thing. Yeah, that'd be the hard thing, right? You'd have to have to find the people that could call it straight down the middle. But, like, you couldn't, you know, it, just like you said, you wouldn't be able to, the iRacing could afford to pay people to do that for every race. So is so the, tough to get. Is the steward system working as intended? Yes, this guy... This is cut and dry, guys. There's no way he shouldn't be immediately banned. And that's exactly what happened. He he signed up. He he got into some races and he immediately started wrecking people. And he's immediately gone. It's perfect. It worked perfectly. I don't see anything wrong with this at all. Except oh, for the fact it. that iRacing lost their money from the guy. The credit card company gave the money, uh, a refund to the guy. And somebody didn't get paid. Uh, yeah, I think in this case it worked perfect. I mean, he's he has no business racing with us, but I think that the system itself could probably use some tweaking. Like I said, I've only I've only bothered to 
uh, send that one protest and never heard anything back. And then we did yeah, have that feedback. one incident with, yeah, we had that one incident with Phil where he just made a mistake by uh, causing a guy a black flag, uh, you know, under, <laughs> under caution and he gets a weak ban. Like that seems like that was a warning situation, especially when, you know, I intentionally wrecked a guy, obviously, and I got a warning. Like there, yeah, it could use a little bit of tweaking and stuff, but for the most part, I think that they do what they can do. Yeah, feedback to the original accuser uh, is very weak. I think what they do is they they get the thing and they look at the accuser and they focus on that. And they don't worry about who you know sent it in. You're not going to get talked to. Yeah, that sucks. Just like a yeah, quick response of what the result was would be nice because if you it takes a little bit of time to do that stuff and if you only do it that one time <laughs> yeah i would say i've protested one time just like scales um the limited late model i was running this guy down for like 15 20 laps in like a 25 lap race um took forever to time my pass to get up next to him because he was a quick dude and as soon as i got by him he checked up coming out of three to give me the spot and then just drilled me going into one and I was really livid because, like, hey, I raced you clean for 15, 20 laps here, setting this pass up side by side, and then you just clear my clean my clock, and I racing actually did send me a response back, like, basically, like, hey, it's a racing incident. I would have felt better, like, just lie to me a little bit, like, hey, we warned the guy, sorry your race got wrecked, have a nice day, but to be like, oh, hey, man, that was stupid, why'd you send that in? That actually kind of annoyed me more than the wreck itself, um... So I would say like that's something that I would say maybe look at is how you communicate to not just the person being accused, but the accuser could, I think, help a lot of these situations and complaints out as far as people saying the system doesn't work. Um, I think that would be a huge either have a canned response or give a personal response. You know, it's got to be one way or the other. I think it needs to be a personal response. And I think this is uh, my two cents. They could make maybe he could. uh uh, somebody could write NIM a macro that that filters out. So it says, like, you know, this guy, he files uh, seven protests every five days. We'll stick him to the bottom of the box. This guy, he files one protest every four months. Let's look at his email. <laughs> you know, maybe if a way to filter out the some of the noise. Yeah, maybe I'm there's sure a better way. They need to have a system, you know, a better system on their end. Yeah, yeah I'm sure that's what a, part, a big part of that is. I mean, he only has so much time in a day. I mean, what are, you, what are you gonna do? I would say at that point, just have a limit. Like, hey, you're sending in ten, fifteen, twenty a week. Like, we're gonna ban you for abusing the system. I think that would minimize it, unless it's obviously everyone serious. But I highly doubt that. I'm sure he gets <laughs> for every two legitimate ones, he probably gets a hundred dumb ones. Yeah, I actually like that. Like, you have like, your one uh, uh, token a week. <laughs> And then I think it would actually encourage people to file protests too, because there's probably been plenty of races where I probably, you know, there, I probably raced against a guy that we probably don't want to be racing with, and I raced with him multiple times. It's been a problem, and I just haven't taken the time. And maybe nobody, everybody else has had the same problem, and they just haven't taken the time. But if you had that token, I feel like people wouldn't want to waste it. <laughs> like, oh man, it gets coming up on Friday. I got to, somebody better not wrong me in this race, or I'm going to cash in that token. <laughs> Right. Yeah, and people have always said to make it simpler to protest, put it within the sim right after the race or something like that, where you click a couple buttons. 
Um, but then I think people would put it in too often, you know. Yeah, but, they'd have even more noise. So yeah, like I like I said, I think you still you would need a good way to filter out the noise and get to the 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 meat and. You, you got to remember, they've been doing it for ten years now, and it's down to a science. So maybe it's working okay. We just are just making noise. All right, let's keep going. Uh, Will, what's next? Yeah. So this morning we got a little fun video from iRacing showing the new damage model in action. Um, so I kind of just put in here. Let's talk about it. Um, did you guys um enjoy watch that video? Anything stand out to you guys? Well, it took a long time to come out. There was a twenty-four page forum post uh hyping it and uh it was that late it was late by a week almost from when they said it would come out and when it did i think it met expectations i was a little disappointed i kind of thought we'd see more different kinds of cars when how they could be damaged but they really just focused on one um and there was a, a comment in one of the forum posts that said why and it was they didn't want to put like their new Audi car out there and show it damaged with pieces all over the ground because Audi doesn't want to see that. <laughs> okay. So they used some other car, like I think it was a Skippy or something like that. Uh, I kind of see that's the only thing that was kind of disappointing to me too, is the lack of the variety of cars, but, and I get that come from them, but there's a lot, there's plenty of other cars. I mean, like the street stock, there's plenty of other cars that you could grab from other series that you could use without screwing up somebody's name. Well, yeah. there's there's a lot of different components to this video, too. I mean, Richard Jobling, uh, which I don't think we've met him in a video yet. He is a senior software engineer at iRacing. Uh, he does the first part of the video where he uh, reminds us about the uh, the way they got rid of the spheres and they're having the hexagon, you know, uh shapes on the car for the damage model and about the uh, grid that they lay on the track that uh, detects, you know, when that gets touched and that kind of thing. I think they did a great job with the video is informative, very chronological order. Um, in fact, when they stopped talking about the spears, that guy ended the sentence, like the video was over. I'm like, you gotta be kidding me. But then it kept going. Cause I just checked the timer. I was like, okay, thank God this is still going. But I was really excited. They showed a lot of really, really good content um, as far as what makes it work. And then they got to the just the crashes at the end. I would have liked to see make, maybe another car get a little wrinkled up. Um, part of me is a little worried this is going to take a long time to come out because they're only showing one car. But it makes sense that they don't want to just show like, hey, here's this brand new Subaru. Here's this brand new Audi we have. Let's destroy it. Um, but yeah, it looked really, really good. Um, and one thing that I took away is anytime that car wrecked, I kind of knew exactly where it was going to land based on real life physics. It wasn't like those iRacing wrecks we see now where they nicks the wall and then shoots fully across the track. So that kind of has me excited to actually be able to dodge some of these wrecks. I hope that even if we do have to wait for the, the parts flying off and that part of the new damage model, we can still get that uh, the sphere deal. First, you know, that looks like it's going to affect some of the these Phantom 4Xs and just how your cars react when they're touching each other right next to each other. I'm actually pretty, I'm actually more excited about that than I am the, the damage stuff. There's other games that do damage really well. That's not what I'm on iRacing for. It's just a, a nice, it's like the grass thing. It's a it's a nice thing that'll be cool when it's here, but I'm, I'm not all that, you know, I'm not in that, that big of a hurry for it. Ooh. One thing I noticed is they talked about like the physics and how it 
bounces off almost like a basketball. How much energy does it absorb? Does it break? Does it damage? Does it bend the part? One thing I'm excited for is like in the A car when you're coming off a corner and you just barely scrape that right side on the wall. I don't want it to like just anchor me to the wall, lose 15, 20 miles an hour and completely tear the side off. If I barely scrape it, I would love to see that like a little bit of flex, maybe a little damage. But like the way it is now, like that wall is like do not touch it. Uh, like how, that's part of the spears versus yeah, the exactly, holly dogs, and so yep. that might be fixed with this. Yeah, yeah. I want to yeah. Kyle Larson that thing, man. I want to scrape the side down just enough to be quick. Or the same thing where if a guy you've seen, I've had this happen where uh, you'll door a guy just a little bit in the corner, and it'll shoot him off to the left like he's got a rocket booster on the on the the right front of the car. <laughs> I think that they had yeah, that spear stuff and that uh, whatever you want they wanted to call it. I think that'll help fix that too. I think it'd be cool if it works like they they say it is. Looks cool. Yeah. Also speaking on the videos, Chris Lurch, who's the vehicle dynamicist, and he talks at the end of the video about how he tunes it uh, these these crashes and he has to go through each and every car and it shows him using his software and it shows like a collision of. Uh, dust and particles in the air and he's like 3d zooming it and looking at it and moving the particles around and uh basically designing what you're seeing with this uh, damage model it it looks really cool how the parts come off as when it, the car goes into the wall too the wheel goes flying the wing hits the ground now one thing i saw in the forum post after the video was uh somebody asked will you get a 1x if you run into parts and the answer is no but you will get damage, uh, like you will get a dent on your car. You know, if like That's you cool. ran over a wing. Wait, Almost, that thing. Do you, if you reset your car and pull it to pit road, does that pull those parts with it? Well, I don't know about that, uh, but the one thing they did say was the parts disappear. And after a, a short amount of time, like the cones do, like when you hit a cone, it eventually disappears and goes back to its original spot. And so the, the these wings and different things, wheels and stuff that fall off the car, same thing after, you know, a few seconds, they just disappear. So I kind of wrote a couple other quick questions here. We're kind of running a little long here. Um, what's the first car you guys plan on wrecking and why? Ooh, probably the Indy car, I would think, would be the easiest you know, because it has all the parts, you know? Yeah. Yeah, stuff's definitely going to fly off of it, but for mine, it's probably still going to be... I, it'll probably still be the A car, because that's why I drive the most, but man, there's a lot of fun stuff you could break on dirt, too. Yeah, I, um, I kind of mentioned it in our group chat, is I want to toss that uh, winged sprint car and see if I could crunch that top wing, because right now, when those things wreck, it almost looks hilarious. You have this, like, tinfoil wing on top, taking zero damage but every other part of the car gets crunched so <laughs> yeah wow it's invincible right <laughs> all right let's jump to hardware software will you're up first yeah so software side we got a patch this week uh, actually today um pretty simple small patch it was kind of an emergency fix for an issue with bristol but other things that were taken care of is um there was minor updates to the sporting code more stars have been added for yearly membership badges. Uh, it fixed an issue with particle effects on the tire bundles, specifically kind of relating to um, Rally Cross. So when you nick those, they don't throw a bunch of black smoke. Um, 
the Radical SR8 got some more fuel in its tank. So if I guess some of the races were not didn't have enough fuel. And then obviously they fixed the issue at Bristol, which were giving incorrect black flags when you use the second pit lane. Yeah, that'll teach you not to qualify. <laughs> yeah, we also, uh, Tyler Hudson also confirmed earlier in the week that the, it was an emergency fix. And all of the things they're working on with the super late model would not uh, be in this update. So I know a lot of those guys were expecting that in the next patch. This was kind of a rush. We let's fix this before the race patch. So unfortunately, those late models weren't touched, but they are still working on them. You. Yeah, sorry for those guys. Just hang in there. It'll come soon. All right, next up, uh, one of our teammates uh, hit us up with a article he found about the latest NVIDIA GeForce GTX 1180. And we have a screen. Actually, photos have been leaked of this card. It's a 16 gigabyte. Wow, 256-bit bus. Uh Big old monster video card. Boy, what do you guys think this is going to go for? A ton. But I can't wait till it comes 1500. out. 1500 Yeah, probably at least. I just I can't wait till it comes out so it can drive down the price of some of the other ones. That's right. all I want. I'm never going to buy one of these uh, super high-end cards. But if it'll drive down the, the price of a 1070 or 1080, I'm all about it. I thought I saw somewhere where they were talking this thing being around the $650 mark. Ooh. Um, which is pretty good. I know I run VR. I got a 1070, but I'm learning that my problem is the processor. So I'm a little bit of ways, ways away before I step into one of these bad boys. Right. So a good GeForce card is a 1080 right now. And now the 1180 is the one we're talking about. And uh, boy, if it's your, if you're right on the price, I'm, I'm thinking about doing a rebuild. This would be the card I would target. And so I, I, you know, I'm okay with spending 700 on a card, I wouldn't spend more on that probably, but the biggest thing I would fear is what's the demand like? Um, are we even gonna be able to get the our hands on these things right away? Yeah. Alright, so now because it's bullet episode, we're gonna jump into racing results. Uh let's finish off Pocono. Uh so last week uh Thursday uh fixed, I ran Got wrecked multiple times, ended up 19th, not too bad. And then Friday open, uh, teammates Greg ran. He got a P28. Ouch. He started P3, was running up front, and got black flagged on a restart for passing because somebody didn't go. Uh, But he was able to stay on the lead lap. And so uh, on another restart was going through the gears and shifted to fourth and for some reason went to second. Blew the motor. And boy, I, you know, I just don't do that. I've never, well, I guess I don't, I've done it a couple times, but I just don't blow the engine by misshifting. I guess it depends on how you're shifting. So tough break for Greg. Uh, Tony Rochette got a P13. He put caution fast, restarted 10th on the last caution, got up to six in turn one. And ran out of gas. Rookie mistake of not calculating properly. Ouch. And then, Chris, you also got a P13. Are we lose Chris? Yeah, he put... 
Yeah, he put uh, got spun twice by the same idiot. <laughs> he was way off pace, had no business running anywhere but the back. Car was still good, but ran out of time. Started in the back with six to go and ended up 13th. All right, and then Saturday fixed morning, Tony Rochette run. Uh, P12, another caution fest, he said. Got damage from someone in front of me, slamming on the brakes to veer into his pit stall. Slight damage. And then uh, fixed afternoon, Chris ran P10. Same story, different race. More than half the race was pacing. Ouch. And that's Pocono, and that's those eight-minute cautions. Oh, my gosh. It seems crazy that you think Pocono, two and a half miles spread out, pretty much a semi-one-groove track, but yet you're running 30, 40 laps under caution in an 80-lap race. It's ridiculous. Yeah, yeah, over 40 laps of in an 80-lap race. He said he was running 10th all race, top five most of it, but I got doored by a dive bomber on the last restart, of course. Uh, knocked back to 10th and finished under caution. I think we might have Chris back now. Yeah, after Uh-oh. I finished your last result for you. <laughs> That's fine. You did a better job than I would anyway. I don't know what happened to my headset. All right. Uh, Sunday open, which is real early in the morning. New teammate Brent McCoy, P13. After starting P23, he spun coming onto pit road during green flag stops. And, boy, that's easy to do when you have those really old tires on and you're out of fuel and the back end's real light. You get on the pit road, and, boy, it is easy to spin that baby out. Greg Hectus, uh, P9 on the Sunday Open, uh, one of his few starts of the week. A good run for him. He started P7, went uh, to the back twice at the end, was on the wrong tire strategy to finish in the top five, so he got a ninth. Were, weren't you in this race out of scales? Um, I think I might have been here for that one. I think you were close the early to the Sunday? top five. Yeah. Yep. Yeah I, don't, uh, yeah, I guess I just didn't get my result recorded. Yeah, it was It was one of the better finishes. It was. I survived the end of that one. I think it might have been sixth or so. But nice. yeah, it was just the same as all the others. I mean, the first it was half pacing, half racing. I, uh, ugh. Yeah, Pocono. It was so fun. We out of all my races last week, and I've I've raced a ton of them. I think we had one race that we almost had a fuel run, and that was it. Which which sucked because that place was really fun once tires started getting wore out and you know, race guys. Yeah, that was um uh, that was a tough one at the end there because you had that like. I think it went green with one to go, and you were, I think, running fourth at the time. And, yeah, that was – it was like you had to dive bomb the corner to make sure the guy behind you didn't dive bomb you, but you still don't want to mess your exit up. I think if anybody on the inside would have took turn one at that last restart properly, they would have ran away with it because oh, everybody yeah. almost slapped that wall. Yeah, you actually remember it better than I do. Yeah, every single one of us overdrove turn one, and then most of us who turned two. Yeah, it – if just anybody would have just drove the track right, they would have just blown the field away. That was crazy. Yeah, I think they were talking on the radio. I had the in-game chat muted, but I think first and second, two were, like, trying to wreck each other over the mic before the restart. So I think, like, everybody was a little timid, but then once they saw they weren't wrecking, it was like, oh, wait, where's the turn? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty much. Yeah, lots of big wrecks at Pocono, for sure. 
Uh, I ran Sunday fixed uh, P15, uh, former teammate uh, of Tafosi from the past, was in that race and door slammed me in turn two, even though I gave him the entire bottom lane. I uh, had seven minutes optional for that wreck. Uh, somehow survived to a P15 as watching other people were getting wrecked out left and right. Uh, total wreck fest. I'm glad, I'm glad it's done. I was done with Pocono, that's for sure. With all yeah, we, the pacing. Yeah, we went from a track full of cautions to one where you don't have any at all. That's Watkins yeah. Glen. <laughs> Boy, and it's fast. 73 minutes is how long the, the race took. I timed it from the, the time the server launched until checkered flag. And so it's quick. It goes fast. And you can't. You got to remember, you don't have a chance to have a drink. You know, I usually get a drink and set it here and sometimes two and a snack. And I forget that's only for ovals. I can't do that on a road course. There's no time to stop and pick up a drink. Yeah, that's probably a good thing. There was a couple of Pocono races. I had to pee really bad at the end of because you sit there under the caution and you just keep on sipping away. All right, so Wednesday fixed yesterday. Uh, I got a P19. I got wrecked by somebody. Uh, one minute, 30 minutes damage. Did stay on the track for acceptable finish, I thought. You know, P19 for me. At a road course uh, in the A car, uh, and I sucked there. I was probably my, that is my best result of the week, probably. So, uh, how did I get wrecked? It was just basically, I was a little wide on one and I trying to merge back on the track, I think. And somebody got into me and it clipped me and I spun me around. Um, but I was holding my lane, but I still got wrecked, but it sucked. Uh, Brent McCoy was running with me, but on a different split, he got P 13. So good run for him. Uh, and then last night in the open, I got wrecked on lap one, and it was the top split, too. There were a bunch of uh, good people in there, real high I ratings and all that. But uh, P29, after getting wrecked up in lap one, there were just not a lot of people that got wrecked out because it was the top split. Um, I think, you know, at the end, you know, there were 30, 31 cars that finished the race uh, out of 35. And P29 was the best I could get, you know, um, after getting spun and caught up in a wreck that was really none of my doing but it was it sucked because it was lap one i think um, Watkins Glen is a tough one too because i mean like sonoma you're a lot slower so if you have any kind of issue like that you just pull off track you have room to run off get back on track and recover but with like the way the s's are and then coming around the carousel it's so fast if you wreck it there's a lot more damage a lot less runoff it's um it's definitely the trickier in my opinion of the two um, two road courses that we go to that to have a good finish. Yeah, and the carousel is a mystery to me in that A car because do you use second gear or do you use third gear? And if you use second gear, do you need to have a little bit of brake on while you're on the throttle at the same time? Probably because you're going to spin out if you don't. And it's hard. I mean, it this car at this track is hard. Yeah, engine braking. As some of our teammates were talking about how important that was, and I'm like, I'm not even paying attention to that. I'm just trying to get to the corner. From uh, what I could tell when I tested, you really wanted to get slowed down before the corner. A lot of road cars and stuff, and even some of the turns I take in Sonoma, you're on the brakes as you're starting your turn. I couldn't do that at all when I was 
testing around, it almost felt to me like the splitter was slamming the track, especially on like the third sector. You had to like really get down through the gears as quick as possible, use that engine braking, and then take the turn. Um, I was doing decent lap times, nothing super crazy fast, but it's um, you really have to drive it differently than I would say you drive a lot of the other road cars. Oh yeah, you got that. A car has more weight in the front end of, end of it than just about any other thing you're gonna drive on a real course. So yeah, they just they don't steer under braking. Yeah, uh, and then this this morning uh, I missed the race because I was out doing something else. But uh, Greg uh, Hectus did run. He got a P15. He said he started P20 after a pretty crazy race. Uses pit strategy to get clean track. I think David Flowers made a, a rare appearance too, but I think he put in the chat he finished 29th or something, so not sure what happened. So, uh, yeah, I'll run again tonight here in about an hour from now and try to get a better result than my P19 and my P29. So just trying to get some points because this is the NASCAR iRacing series, and I'm sitting right now, I think, P26 in points in Division 2, trying to get to the first page of results. And, uh, boy, I just need some good points and move on to Michigan, which is the next week. What do you think uh, about Michigan, guys? Is it going to be like 40 laps of caution like Pocono, or what do we expect? I would hope not. I hope it will be a little bit cleaner, being a mile and a half. It's super fast, though. Who knows? I just Two mile, right? Yeah, it's a it's a two mile like oh, yeah, Montana. Mile. Yeah. yeah, I I think it's gonna get slick fast. Um, I think if you have any kind of warm track temperatures, especially coming off of four, I've always struggled. Like just the back end wanted to step out. I think if you can manage that, you'll be okay. I just don't know how many people will, because at those speeds, you're a hundred and sixty, hundred and seventy coming off the corner, and that thing starts to walk on you. There's really not a lot of time to collect it. And if you're in a pack at all, I'd be a little worried about that. But as far as like turns one and two go, they're pretty, pretty solid. I'm just ready to be done with Watkins Glen and, you know, Pocono. And yeah, so bring it on. I'm ready for Michigan. I'm ready. All right, let's keep moving. Uh, let's talk other official racing uh, that teammates might have done. Uh, Brent McCoy ran Tuesday P1. He wins at Spa in the Skip Barber. He said it was a hard-fought race between P2 and I with multiple lead changes. So congratulations, Brent. P1 and the Skip Barber, that's uh, something to say for sure. Yeah, those I guys are was, super fast. Yeah, I didn't get to see any of that race, but from what I heard, it was really impressive. A really good race between him and that second-place guy. Yeah, uh, Tony Rochette. He posted up that Tuesday A fixed. He got a P28, was the only split. He had a lot of drivers with three to five times his I rating. So it means he was in a top split. Uh, well, only split. He was way out of his league on this one, and he got humbled, he said. Yeah, I've been there. <laughs> that is rough when you get one of those things that those lower participation races and they don't split and you're running against the, those top guys. <laughs> They'll put you in your place. All right, let's talk about the Reddit iRacing League uh, Season 22. Three teammates uh, ran in this. Uh, uh, Will, you did up some paint jobs. We got the paints on the, forum, on the Facebook page. It looked pretty good. 
uh, with kind of this matching scheme going on. Uh, good job on the paints. Yeah, I was really happy how they turned out. Um, I kind of helped the team with the set. Um, it's been a long time since I drove the street stock. It's really not since the last update since I've raced it. So it was hard to judge the pace of the car, but I think we did a I think we did a good job. Cars look good. They were fast, and it was a lot of fun. I wish I could have raced in it, but they um, put on a good show. Now, let's talk about, you know, Chris, you just survived out there, but Phil Linden, our teammate Phil, he's the star here. I mean, he was uh, doing very, very well, and he got DQ'd for not pitting for a meatball flag. He had a damaged black flag thing. And I don't know where it is on his screen or why he didn't see it, but he didn't see it. And uh, he got caught up in running good laps and just kind of uh, missed it, I guess. Yeah, he yes. was leading the race. Yeah, that's. Right. I mean, he was just focused on leading the race. I don't think he ever saw it. And his car wasn't affected enough by the damage he had to slow him down enough where he noticed it. And so, yeah, he got Black Flag leading the race. Yeah, and that set that Tony had... I mean, the set was awesome. Morley had a great race, too. He just got caught up in somebody else's spin. There's nowhere to go. You know, you can't slow those things down much on dirt. This was a blast to watch. I was watching this the stream, and I don't know how many cars are in this race. It looks like 30 on this tiny little dirt track. And the traffic, oh, my God. And And there's such a disparaging between the leaders and everybody else Everybody else is so much slower than the leaders that it made this huge traffic jam all the way around the track. And they were having to weave in and out of all this traffic. And it really made very interesting to watch. And I was excited to watch you guys, uh, especially when Phil was moving his way up. He was fifth and fourth and and third. Then he was up in the first and then he's gone. And then Mike Morley, our other teammate, he was running uh, as high as fourth, I believe, Fell back to sixth, and I think he fell. I think he finished seventh. Yeah, I worked a lot with Phil during the week to just practice together. Same thing with Chris and Mike, because it's one thing to be fast on dirt; it's another thing to be able to make passes. And Phil had some really good questions about like what I would do in what situations, and he worked really hard. And at one point, he um, I think when he took second, he went through the middle three wide. The guy in front of him kind of got caught up on a lap car, jumped up a groove. The lap guy was trying to stay out of the way and made some really good passes. That's really disappointed that he got black flagged like that. Um, I think he would have had a really good finish. It was a mess at times because there was no cautions, but um, there was a lot of we put a lot of effort. I feel like into that, and it was um, didn't end up as the way we wanted, but it was still a really good race for the team. Yeah, it's a super tough league too. These guys are fast, and for Phil to come in and basically didn't have will taught him dirt gave him a crash course that week and he came out and was probably gonna win the race and yeah it sucks for that that meatball flag but what a great run yeah yeah it was a good run we got to bring it home all right let's keep moving uh we're going to talk about the world championships uh this last week uh off week for the uh world grand prix formula one Mitchell DeJong is leading the championship 11 points ahead of Martin Kroenke. Uh, next round is Indianapolis. Peak is also off this week. Uh, Ray Alfala leads the Bobby Zielinski by three points. Next is next week, uh, Pocono for those guys. Uh, two races before the playoff. 
And then, Will, tell us about World of Outlaws. They did run. Yeah, so we had the late models race this week. Um, I, I fortunately didn't get to watch the race, but I saw Austin Carr picked up the win. I think that's his first in the series. Um, looks like he held a hold off uh, Howard Weaver and Alex Bergeron at the end. Um, Weaver does lead the championship for the late models, 26 points ahead of Zach Leonardi. Um, next World Valor race is going to be August 6th with the sprint cars at Knoxville. So um, I unfortunately didn't get to see the race, but things are going good there. Um, iRacing did have a tweet that morning, though, saying they were going to have a big announcement during the broadcast. Um, the announcements came from Max Pappas of, of MPI. They announced they would sponsor a wheel to the winner of the championship, along with um, Max Pappas Industries or MPI is going to actually start working on new sim gear. So they didn't go into a lot of details, but it sounds like possible cockpits and things of that nature, which is really cool. So, And we got a couple more details as far as some of the details for the championship winner, which was neat. Yeah, this the Max Pappas wheel is just one of the prizes that iRacing is going to give the winner of this uh, series. You're going to win a trip to the actual World of Outlaws World Finals November 1 through 3 at Charlotte. VIP tickets to the entire event, pit passes. You're the honorary starter flagger for a race with a championship announcement. You attend and be recognized at the banquet, which is November 4th. You're going to get a trophy, $3,000 check, a Craftsman 320-piece mechanics tool set, the Max Pappas steering wheel, and one-on-one instruction with Clint Boyer in his two-seat dirt late model at Charlotte on October 31st. Clint will show you the lines, and then you'll take over the wheel. I think that it's really cool. I think World of Outlaws has really stepped up with iRacing on both the late model and the sprint car championship. Um, they actually post in the standings tab the the winnings. And right now, if you're a top runner in that series, you're making okay money. I mean, considering your sim racing, which doesn't have the esports following of, say, a Call of Duty or League of Legends. I think if the peak series, the world championship series start to grow in that manner, I think it's going to be really healthy for um esports and iRacing as a whole yeah awesome for world of outlaws to pony up you know and recognize this guy appropriately you know three thousand bucks you know it's not 10 grand like the peak but but there's lots of other stuff like the tool set you know that's huge how much does that cost probably several hundred dollars alone well one thing like in the standings there it shows i think howard weaver's one eleven hundred dollars just from the late model series alone um since the start of it so i mean if you're having good results you get a couple hundred bucks that's really really good obviously you can't live off of that which would be the best situation to grow an esport but i think it's a step in the right direction all right final topic is rallycross world championship joni heikinen won at ims raceway which is phoenix thursday after our show uh, Mitchell DeJong leads the championship. He has a 26-point lead. Next race is Iowa next week. All right, let's jump into final thoughts. Chris Scales, what do you got? Uh, I joined the the Old Bastards Racing League this week. I, we had Steve on our on the podcast um, last week talking about that league and going to be running uh, probably mostly the trucks on Monday nights and the B-car on Saturday mornings. Um, occasionally with them 
I say the couple series they run that don't really inter- interfere with NIS. But yeah, look forward to that. It looks like it's going to be a, a fun group of guys to run with. All right. Yeah, that sounds like fun. If I wasn't working, I'd be right next to you. Um, that's right when I'm working. So, all right, Will Gibson, your final thoughts. I'm just glad I could make the show this week after being off the last few weeks. Um, just about done transitioning jobs. So once all that's said and done, hopefully I could get back into a rhythm. But I was really excited how the team ran during that uh, Reddit league race at Lanier. Um, glad I didn't give them a bad setup. So that's always good. But yeah, no, things are going good here. I'm ready for um, them to release this damage model. I want to wreck some stuff, man. Yeah, let's go wrecking. That sounds fun, too. <laughs> All right. Uh, yeah, my final thoughts is, uh, boy, the team is just on fire right now. We got a bunch of new blood. We added a bunch of new people just recently. And there's a lot of activity, a lot. And uh, I can't even keep up with it. And But it's it's so refreshing to see people talking about sets, talking about making adjustments. You know, how do we make these cars faster? It's all racing talk. I mean... Uh, it's quite a conversation that our team has, uh, you know, throughout the week, and, and that's part of the fun of it. And so I really appreciate everybody who's on the team. I was telling Greg we're probably full right now, and so at this point we're probably not taking further applications until uh, we see how this goes with this many people, um, and we'll see how it goes. But uh, with that, we'll see you later. Thank you for listening to the iRacers Lounge Podcast. Make sure to go subscribe to us on iTunes, SoundCloud, or Google Play, Facebook, and Twitter. See you on the track.